This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. And welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host here, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside James Montefusco. So, uh, a little short on numbers tonight, but we are here at WCWP. Reminder, you can listen to our show on mywcwp.org or on Facebook Live if you're friends with me or James. And you can call in with your questions, thoughts, comments, our call-in number, 516-299-2030. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. It is our ugly Christmas sweater edition of Reefing Preview. James, we are both lighting up at the moment. We are. Things are getting a little annoying here already. Yeah, no, <laughs> they are, but, you know, we'll have a good show. Um, yes, and that's right. We're definitely going to have a good show. We are expecting um, Kyle Earhart to call in with his thoughts about uh, – the Mets and the moves they've recently made in just a few minutes. And I'm very much looking forward to spending these next two hours with all of you. All right, so let's get right into things. Um, the New York Mets have been making a lot of moves this season with their new general manager, Brody Van Wagnon, who was hired, taking over for Sandy Alderson, who stepped down uh, due to medical issues and, you know, most likely won't be part of a baseball organization again, which is, you know, which is kind of sad. But I think Brody Van Wagnon is doing a fairly nice job so far. I mean, we talk about the Robbie Cano deal and signing Wilson Ramos, bringing Jay Roos Familia back as the setup man. You know, I, I think these are a couple of things that um, have bolstered this team. Yes, shout out to my mother, George Zayas, and Jeff Kroll for watching our Facebook Live video. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you guys as well, even though we will have one more show before the New Year, James. Yes, we will. We'll have a show next week as well on Friday night. Um, that's right. Keep spamming <laughs> us there, guys. Shout out Nick Morgison. Uh, glad to have you here joining us on Facebook as well. So Brody Van Wagner made a comment about making the Mets arguably as the National League East contenders. We're not even a third of the way into the offseason, and apparently the Mets aren't done, James. There's more rumors about potentially bringing in Moose, Mike Moustakis. Um, there's also more rumors about potentially going after A.J. Pollock. But now it's talked about that Pollock might be out of their price range. Yeah. So what do the Mets do from here? Because obviously, you know, Andrew Miller, the lefty out of the bullpen that they were looking at, just signed with the St. Louis Cardinals and former Met killer uh, and former Met himself, Daniel Murphy, uh, just signed with the Colorado Rockies, which loves hitting in that park. Oh, What's yeah. next for the Mets here? Um, I think they're going to keep that foot on the gas pedal like they have for the past few weeks. Um, I think Van Wagen, if I'm saying his last name correctly, um, he's shown us that he is willing to open up the purse, the pocketbook, yeah. the wallet, whatever you call it. <laughs> um, Something the Wilpons wouldn't do. Yes. And, yeah. So by that, Sandy. by him doing that, I, it's making this team better. His next move I could see as, is possibly another outfielder. Yeah. Um, I feel like. Because we do, we do, we don't. We used to lack depth at depth at, at it, but now we didn't. But, Lacking the depth. Yep. Well, you know, with the Cespedes injury, yep. and then Lagares. Juan Lagares. Yeah. So you know, we look a little depleted in that area. So I, I, I see him going after, possibly an outfielder. Um, right. But it would be also great for Mustakas to come on this team. I think he would flourish. Clear up their problem at first base. Yes. You know, sign him to a one or two year deal. And then make that pave the way for Peter Alonso, who's in the minor leagues, arguably 
the Mets' best prospect right now because the Robbie Cano trade that happened, the Mets did deal their number one draft pick in 2018, Jared Kalenic, along yep. with uh, promising pitcher Justin Dunn and um, another promising pitcher in Jerson Batista, who I wasn't too upset about getting rid of because when he was up, he didn't look very good. But, you know, the Mets have a tendency to bring people up too early. Shout out uh, Casey McManus uh, as you know, we are broadcasting on Facebook, so if you feel free to comment with your questions, thoughts, and comments, as always, and wow, James, right on time. Right. We I have know. our first caller of the evening. Why don't you go take it? I'll stall while you take that. Why don't I? Um, yeah, so it's crazy what the Mets are doing right now. You know, you talked about what's going on in the majors and the Nationals and the Mets division just tabbed Anibal Sanchez, who has been a good starter in this league for a very long time. You know, former Atlanta Brave. You know, he's been around the league. And, uh, James, uh, we do have our first caller. As you're going to hook him up through here, hit that uh, call button there on the hybrid and uh, boost him up a little bit. Caller, please state your name and where you are from. Hello, Tom. Kyle from Huntington. Kyle Earhart from Huntington. Uh, we do have a yeah. little technical uh, glitch there on our soundboard, but we are troubleshooting that immediately. Uh, Kyle, now you run our show last week. Uh, look, you're a big Mets fan, and I'm sure you've heard the first five minutes of the show. Talk to us, man. Uh, talk to us about what um, the Mets have been doing in this offseason. And for Facebook, we will be translating for you. Yeah, so, I mean – we know the trade with Robbie Cano and Edwin Diaz, and then right. they, they signed an all-star, Wilson Ramos. Yes. How can you not like what the Mets are doing? So Kyle Earhart is saying the Mets just signed Diaz, the reliever who had 57 saves last season for the Seattle Mariners, Edwin Diaz. They signed Wilson Ramos, and the trade, along with Diaz, came Robinson Cano. Kyle, I'm going to be quite frank with you. I love what the Mets are doing because you didn't trade away any assets for JT Real Muto, and then you arguably get the best, the second-best offensive hitting catcher in the major leagues in Wilson Ramos. Exactly. But what's next? The problem is, though, he gets hurt a lot. Right. Yeah, that's the other. Well, I think he's 30, 30, 31 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. But if he stays healthy, I mean, that's definitely an upgrade from what we have. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. I think yeah, if Wilson Ramos stays healthy, the Mets could potentially be big contenders in the National League East this season. Um, who do you think the Mets are going after next? Uh, who do I want them to go after? Yeah. Or who they're going to go after? Well, we know in a perfect world who you would have liked them to have gone after, but uh, <laughs> who do you think they're going to go after? I, I think they should go after another bullpen arm. All I know but here is the Mets are in for Mike Minor. But Mike he's Minor, the yes. Are on the ten team trade people? He doesn't have trade teams. He doesn't want to. Right, do. right. So he's saying Mike Minor might be a potential target for the Mets. Uh, he's a little bit older, about thirty-five, thirty-six. But you know, he's been around in the league. He's a veteran, and yes, he's a very versatile pitcher who can be used in both starting situations and in relief situations, which is something the Mets are looking to do. Because right now, you know, you have about five or six guys coming back. Um, you know, you have Giselman, Lugo, Drew Smith, um, probably Tim Peterson, but I think these signings and these trades are going to create some competition 
for these guys where you got to earn your spot in the bullpen as for the last couple of years the Mets have just gone with what they've had they haven't made any big moves you, you know so I think this is great I mean re- realistically if Van Wagner says he's not done I feel like a lot of Mets fans are expecting a first baseman an outfielder and one more reliever is that fair to say I, I mean I hope so but so, it sounds like the Mets are out on AJ Pollock. Yeah, well, you know, it's he's coming off an injury though. AJ Pollock is so I I don't know, James. I'm not too sure if it's worth it considering. You know, because look what happened. We got Var. I mean, I'm not comparing AJ Pollock to Vargas. Two completely guys in two completely different points of their career and two different positions. But Mets got Vargas, who had a great first half, and then he fell off in the second half. He was hurt for a little bit similar scenario with Pollock and maybe it's too much of a higher risk than potential reward outcome you yeah, know I, I agree but who knows you, especially uh with the you wearing a Mets uniform you know you, you could be walking into work and trip on a rock yeah and get hurt you trip know? on a rock well that's typical no. for the Mets you know Tom I was thinking if, do you think for a Mets fan's point of view would it okay. be better if Machado signed with the Phillies or the Yankees? From a Mets fan point of view? Yes. Would it be better if Machado signs with the Phillies or the Yankees? Well, to be completely honest, I want neither. However, well, it, we, pay the, we play the Phillies a lot more than the Yankees, and, you know, it's bound to happen that he's going to go to a rival. We, we know what he did last year with the Dodgers um, and the Orioles. Now, this season, this is a perfect time for the Yankees to go ahead and grab him. To be completely honest, I'd rather see him in the Bronx. Yeah, I I would too. As crazy as those words might be coming out of my mouth right now, I'd rather see Manny Machado play in the Bronx. Yeah, I don't know about that. You'd rather play him... 20 times a year? What what is it, 15 times a year? 18 times a year? 15 times? I just can't stand all the Yankee fans just voicing about how happy they are getting Machado yet. Here's the problem with the Yankees. Look, you can't fault them for buying players. You really can't, because that's the organization that they are. That's the organization that they've always been. But it's better to see homegrown talent through the farm system, through the organization, rather than just buying all all your, buying towards success. You know, it's more of like a rich franchise than like a rich team culture and what you're building. You know, because right now the Yankees have a lot of holes. Didi, he's a big question. Tommy mark. John, I mean, he's not going to play next year, most likely. And then the questions with Jacoby Ellsbury, the catcher position, Sanchez had an awful season. Um, the starting rotation, you bring Happ and CC back, but they're they're old guys. I mean, you got the two dogs in Tanaka, the one-two punch, uh, Severino and Tanaka, and then the wild card is really James Paxton. So, and you look at that infield. I mean, you got to think Induhar is going to start at third. So Machado would have to fill in and play shortstop. And then you'd be Glaber at second and then Luke Voigt at first. Yeah, because they didn't get Murphy either. That's right. They missed out on And to be completely honest with you guys here on Facebook Live, Kyle Earhart is expressing his concern about the Yankees potentially getting Machado and whether or not they get Murphy. Uh, Look. I think Daniel Murphy Murphy automatically becomes the best contact hitter in the Yankees clubhouse if they sign him. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the best contact hitters in the league, if not the best. I I I 
can't uh, agree he with you more. He barely strikes out. He draws walks. He gets singles and doubles. He'll get you 15 to 20 homers a season. He could get you more. And he can get you 100 fields. RBIs if he stays healthy. Look, I love Daniel Murphy. Mets fan or not, he's a great hitter. He's a great player. Kyle Earhart, uh, what else? Um, any final thoughts about the Mets' future heading into this season? Do you think these moves, I mean, considering everybody stays healthy, do you think they'll honestly be able to compete against teams like if, the Phillies and the Nationals and, I guess, the Braves? If everyone stays healthy and there are no injuries, yeah. I think the Mets can compete because every year the Braves, the Phillies, there's always a major injury. That's why baseball is amazing. Right. No one thought last year the Braves and the Phillies would be this good already. Yeah. And, you know, who knows? But what if Freeman tears his ACL, as bad as that sounds? But, that you know, that could, that's the Mets. The Mets could do it. So, basically, what Kyle E. is saying is that the injuries last season – Guys went down on all teams, but yeah, I, de- uh, I definitely think that um, if the Mets stay healthy, which is a big if, it's a big if. That's the problem. I think they have a we shot. We all forget, but that the second half of the year, the Mets had a better second half of the year than the Yankees. They did. They did have a better second half of the year than the Yankees. And Part of it was guys were getting healthy. Jay Bruce was getting healthy. Todd Frazier got healthy. Ahmed Rosario was coming into his own. But yep, you, you can't have well. situations this year, Kyle, with the moves that the Mets are making with Dom Smith hitting cleanup. Cleanup! It's a joke. You're telling me this guy's got a big RBI guy? He had one RBI in the one game he hit cleanup last year. I wish it was well, April Fool's. To, right to your point, Tom, the cleanup hitter isn't what he used to be. Yes. That's true. Agreed. Point. Um, you know, we'll see what happens know. with I mean, the we'll Mets. See. And, yeah, you know, it's 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 rough stuff, man. But, um, Kyle E., thank you very much for calling in, and we hope you're on the show next week as well, and you continue yes, listening or back. watching. All right, sounds good, Kyle E. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Have a good night, guys. That was Kyle Earhart from Huntington, New York. All right, so we're done with baseball. James, let's keep it right here. Uh, shout out Phil Tefano for watching our Facebook Live video. Uh, let's talk about some college football. I'm a big Notre Dame fan, big Fighting Irish fan, and Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly was named Associate Press Head Coach of the Year. And Mike Dawes, our very own engineer, who's typically here uh, every week but not today, um, Mike Dawes made a comment that, you know, Brian Kelly, he's nowhere near as good as Nick Saban, which, you know, I agree. But he also brought up Davo Sweeney. Mm. James. Brian, Brian Kelly was tied with Nick Saban in votes. Davo, Davo Sweeney only had one vote. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, shouldn't he get more votes than one? Um, I, th- I think it's, part of, it, it's not anything faulting Davo Sweeney. Yeah. It's more complimenting what Brian Kelly has done with Notre Dame. This season, with 
the first two games, you know, he had a quarterback who was not cutting it. He threw a lot of interceptions. They turned it over. Notre Dame, historically, they play in a lot of close games. That's how they are. That's the team that they are. Remember, this is college football. So I'm just go. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it. Brian Kelly was the best coach in college football this season to lead that team to being 12-0. and Remember, Notre Dame is two years away from – two years removed, I should say, from a four-win season. I, I think that's worthy. He, he turned it around. Before, uh, you're back you know. in the college football playoff, you know. Yeah. Um, and you're twelve and zero in a force to reckon look, with. A lot man. of Irish fans are smiling, but a lot of Ohio State fans think the Irish should be left out of the college football playoff. And look, there's been some de- debate. Oh, should the college football playoff expand to eight teams? Should it expand to six teams? And you know, there were a couple of guys arguing on Sports Center earlier this week. I know. Uh, uh, Luke Cage was one of them, Max Kellerman. Look, four teams is good, but realistically, everyone's making a big deal about how eight teams, oh, why let the eighth best team in the playoff to potentially be number one? The NFL lets the 11th and 12th best teams in the playoffs every year. Yeah. My thing is this. If you expand it to eight teams, you have the winner of each of the five power conferences and you get three at-large teams. As where if Notre Dame doesn't join a power conference like UCF, they have a shot, and then they can prove their worth against these powerhouse teams. You know, sometimes it's not as simple to just say, oh, UCF needs to join a power conference. Notre Dame needs to join a power conference. Um, Notre Dame has played against opponents on their schedule that are really tough. They're ranked teams. You talk about Virginia Tech, um, Michigan, Stanford, USC, Northwestern, Syracuse, who was ranked. Not to mention, they played Syracuse in the Bronx, and they blew them out at Yankee Stadium 36-3. to That's when Syracuse was ranked 12th in the nation. Yeah. I mean, they're no pushover team. From what this coach course, no. has been able to do, um, from going to barely a winnable season, what was it, two years ago you said? Yeah. Uh, to now going 12-0, and beating all these big teams. Big steps forward. You know, uh, I mean, they're not little-name colleges. They're pretty big-name colleges. and to Not like West Virginia. Okay. And uh, <laughs> forget that point, what Tom uh, said. Um, I had to go there. You yeah, did. I had to go there. <laughs> um, but I, I give him all the credit he deserves. Um yeah. Going into the, you know, a big road ahead of them now with more play and what's going to happen to them next season. You know, are they going to be ranked? Are they not going to be ranked? So next week when we have a lot of our guys back on the show, we're going to predict these two college football playoff games, the Alabama Crimson Tide against the Oklahoma Sooners and then the Clemson Tigers against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish down in Texas. James, we're going to go over that more next week, but Mm -hmm. you're right. You want to get more games against the elite programs in college football. And Notre Dame is doing that. Now, Florida, the University of Florida has offered UCF, I think it was a contract through uh, 2021, or like a a two-year contract or something, starting in 2020, I think. Take it. Yeah. Get more exposure to the country. More exposure to the college football experts. More exposure to the public. Listen, if you want to be a big-name school or a better team, you got to get exposure, even if it means getting blown out for a whole season. Right. you you got to do it. I don't know about a whole season, but, you know, if it's a big game against, like, a Um, powerhouse team like that. But you got to take 
the losses in return with the bigger wins. Yeah, agreed. you know, are you going to go and do your normal conference, or do you want to go and make expand? Some, you yeah. want to expand your schedule? You know, play against some bigger name schools, right? Yeah. No, I, I stepping stones to the future. Now, you know, if you look at the four best teams in college football this year, if you ask me, it's Alabama, followed by Georgia, followed by Clemson, followed by Notre, Notre Dame. If you ask me, the four, but the problem is you can't lose. You can't lose. You can't a two-loss lose. Georgia is not getting in over an Oklahoma or a Notre Dame. It's not going to happen, especially when you're in the SEC and you got to deal with teams like Alabama, Auburn, LSU. It's not going to happen. No. Even though I honestly do think Georgia was the second-best team in the country over Clemson. Except uh, the problem was they had that one bad loss against LSU. It, it, it was bad. Um, well, it also comes down to what we were talking, I believe it was last week. It's like, you can't lose. Right. You, you, you just Notre can't Dame lose. Notre Dame didn't lose, and they played so many ranked teams this season, you can't keep them out. No. Their head coach was named AP Coach of the Year. Self-explanatory. They deserve to be in the college football playoff. 100%. I mean, whether people like it or not, they did kind of earn their way in. Ian Book was on the cover of Sports Illustrated last week, for heaven's sake. Look what Miles Boykin did this year. Drew Tranquil on defense coming back. Tavon Coney, those linebackers are insane. They beat up. I mean, look what they did to Syracuse. Michigan, they won by seven, but they dominated time of possession for three and a half quarters of that game. That's how they need to attack Clemson. That's where the game plan needs to be. But other stuff... Um, Big bowl games coming up this weekend that we're going to talk about before we meet again next Friday night. Well, you know, there's not a lot of big-name schools playing. You know, you got Houston against Army, Memphis and Wake Forest, Temple and Duke. Um, um, Let's see, Thursday we got Baylor and Vanderbilt, Miami and Wisconsin. Uh, Jeff Kroll, we know you're watching on Facebook right now, and uh, we know you have kids that both went to Miami and Wisconsin, so kind of consider splitting up the jacket there. Um, I know Jeff, big contributor here at WCWP. He likes both those schools a lot. Um, shout out to you again. Um, but, yeah, that should be an interesting game in the Pinstripe Bowl on December 27th. And then on Friday, a couple of games that are going to be interesting and go live before we start our show. Purdue against Auburn. West Virginia, the 16th-ranked team in the nation without Will Greer against the Syracuse Orange. That game's going to be in Florida. Will Greer will not play in this game because he is preparing for the NFL draft, which should be very interesting. In the Alamo Bowl at 9 o'clock, you got Iowa State against Washington State, and those are the games on Friday. And then you move on to Saturday. You know, you got Florida and Michigan in the Peach Bowl. That's going to be an excellent game. Excellent game. I'm really looking forward to this college football playoff, though. And I'm looking forward to UCF getting their crack against a big-name school in LSU yeah. in a bowl game. Uh, they're in the Fiesta Bowl against LSU on Sunday, December 30th. Why am I looking forward to that game? This is the audition for UCF to prove their worth to the committee that maybe next year, if they do this again, UCF has not lost a game since I was a senior in college. Wow. I graduated college over a year and a half ago. That's a long time. For you, it's been what? Almost six months? Oh, over uh, six over months. Over six months. Uh, eight, no. What do you think about that? That's pretty time, time flies. 
Um, but yeah, the big game that's going to happen before our show next week: West Virginia and Syracuse. Uh, you know, you want to root for the home blood or orange in that game, but Will Greer has been fantastic this season. Um, yeah, but if he sits, yeah, West Virginia's plan is actually they're going to play two quarterbacks, and then Syracuse is going to be without their star receiver in Gary Jennings. So you know, this is something to keep in mind that these two teams, big powerhouse teams going at it they're going to play their backup quarterbacks the mountaineers uh jack allison and trey Lowe the third and this is a big stage for for both of those players because who starts next year yeah you know pretty much it's tryouts for them on the national spotlight pretty much give or take all right so other news in college football away from the bowl games urban meyer the head coach of the ohio state buckeyes will coach his final game against the washington huskies um in a couple of weeks and he has actually been announced that he is co-teaching a class in leadership and character at the Ohio State University Business School. Um, you know, Urban Meyer, a, a big part of the Florida Gators program, the Ohio State Buckeyes, college football in general. Um, he's And he's not very old, too. I'm pretty sure he, he's in his early to mid-50s, but, you know, he's going to retire, step away from the game. Um it leaves Ryan Day in charge at the moment, but you know that Rose Bowl game is going to be big for Urban Meyer and the Buckeyes. Um, the leadership and character class—it's called the Fisher College of Business. He's going to teach alongside Lieutenant Colonel Charles Buchanan, a senior lecturer, a lecturer at the business school who also spent 15 years in the U.S. military, serving tours in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Kosovo. So December 5th was when Meyer announced his retirement. That's going to, you know. And that's a class that's actually going to meet three times a week. You know, when you take wow. classes, you only meet like once or twice yeah. a week. But this class is going to meet three times a week. So That class is probably going to fail. And quick. apparently it's supposed to accommodate up to like 200 students. Wow. So, I mean, Ohio State is a big-name school. It is. <laughs> I, that, that's, that sounds like a pretty interesting class to take, to be honest Let's with you. Let's gear our focus, though, towards the Heisman Trophy that was won by Kyler Murphy, a redshirt junior out of the University of Oklahoma. Did Dwayne Haskins get snubbed, the Buckeyes quarterback? Remember, there's only three candidates. It was Tua, mm-hmm. Haskins, and Murray. I think it should have been Tua, but that game against Georgia where he didn't start off well, I think that's where Murray may have gotten the edge and may have gotten a few extra votes. Yeah, I, I, I feel you but on that one. if you look at the best NFL-ready quarterback out of those three, it's totally Dwayne Haskins. You know, there's rumors about teams going after him, like the Giants, the Jaguars. I don't think he's going to go to the Giants. Because, you know, Shermer's in love with Eli Manning, which we'll get to a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, that's something. You look at the guys coming out of the draft. you got a big offensive lineman, Jonah Williams, out of Alabama coming out. Um, he's going to be a big-name player that I think both New York football teams should be looking at, or New Jersey. Yeah. Like garbage dump down, uh, <laughs> down, down the 95. Um, but, yeah, Jonah Williams is a big kid, 6'5", 302, just 21 years old. He's that he's only incredible. Reached 302. He, he's in, and I think he's the type of player that can translate into a guard or a tackle. Kind of like what Zach Martin was at a, out of Notre Dame coming in for the Dallas Cowboys a couple of years yeah. ago. He transitioned from tackle to guard. I could see Jonah making that same transition or, or a similar. He could be a good hybrid in between those two positions. Yeah. You know, learn both I of think them. So too. And then uh, wherever you need, you know. If the players in producing, you yeah. put stick him in there, 
you know, see how that works out. And if I'm not mistaken, he, uh, I, I think when we're talking about jo- Jonah Williams, not only I think is he the best offensive lineman in this draft, but I, I think he might be, I'm not going to say this year's version of Quentin Nelson. I want to say more Zach Mark because Quentin Nelson is on a whole nother level. Yeah. This kid's already making the Pro Bowl, um, which is crazy. But um, I think he's going to be a great NFL player. Uh, other guys coming out, you know, you have some edge rushers coming into the draft as well. It's more of a defensive draft than an, than an offensive draft. But our final two things we're going to talk about here on the segment, uh, Georgia backup quarterback Justin Fields will transfer. Um, Kyle Russo, our normal co-host who's not here tonight, he's out in Rockefeller seeing the tree. This kid's just 19 years old, and it seems like he's going to transfer, and UCF is apparently in the mix, mm-hmm. who they just lost their starting quarterback who's not going to play in the bowl game. Uh, look, speaking of schools going after players, I think UCF has an excellent shot to land Justin Fields. I really do. Um, I think he would turn out to be a great player because Fromm is the guy. I'm pretty sure Fromm is only a sophomore, but I think he's played both his first two years in full. So... You know, it stinks when guys leave like that with excellent talent. And Fields, big kid, 6'3", 225. Do, do you know why he's leaving for any reason? I think it... it's it might be just like playoff time. I mean, this guy's a five-star quarterback, and he's leaving the Georgia Bulldogs. Wow. Um, You know, I don't know. Uh, you know, he it, – it's really hard because a lot of five-star quarterbacks end up transferring for some reason. I don't know what it is, and it's happening at an alarming rate as well. Um, Maybe you know. more money from a different school. I don't know. Yeah, you know, a lot of people were caught off guard by this move, but I think the writing was on the wall before the long fake punt in the SEC championship game. That went horribly wrong. I don't <laughs> think that had anything to do with it, guys, listening on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, that definitely had nothing to do with it, but um, he's expected to apply for a waiver to be ruled immediately eligible in 2019, so he will not have to sit out a season. Wow. But we'll assume we won't see him on the field again until 2020, until that's otherwise confirmed. So we'll see. That should be interesting, though. The last thing we're, we're going to talk about on this segment, and then we're going to step aside for a quick break, um, Asa Turner, a high school recruit, for a couple of big-name college football schools recruited by the Washington Huskies and committed to Washington. All of a sudden, Notre Dame is trying to steal them. Hmm. And the Huskies are not happy about it. I mean, what? what they, they, they what's, shouldn't what's be, there to be, be happy about? Because you compare Washington to Notre Dame, now this kid's torn. This kid's yeah. torn. Um, this guy's a four-star linebacker, um, which is pretty crazy. Um, you know, he's actually, well, they, they're calling him a four-star safety, actually, from California. You know, West Coast School, Washington, it makes sense, right? But on his Instagram account, mm-hmm. all these Notre Dame fans are posting shamrocks and messages, come to Notre Dame. Do you want to win a championship? Come to Notre Dame over Washington. Now this kid's torn. I mean, this poor kid is 17, 18 years old. It, it, it's a big decision for him, especially at that age, you know, being such a big name. Now he's in the, in the limelight. Be like, yeah. where you go, everybody's going to follow you pretty much. Or, 
shame you for it, unfortunately. Um, but he has to go where his heart and gut tells him to go. If he feels like he should stay in the West Coast, he needs to stay there. Or does he want to come to a, you know, a big name school like? Right. Well, here's here's the problem. In the Pac-12, Washington is second to last in the recruiting rankings in their conference. So the fact that they're even consideration for this kid that he committed to them already is insane. Wow. But now, when you got a school like Notre Dame. It's going to make this tough, and I I see him going to Notre Dame at this point. I really do. Um, I don't know if Notre Dame is going about this the right way, but I do think at one point or another, the kid's got to make up his mind, and I could potentially see him being a Golden Domer next season. And that's that's no that's no bias put into that. You feel peer pressure will cave in on him. Well, the fact that he's reconsidering it tells you something. Um, no. Let's see what uh, Jake has to say. Yeah. And we'll keep an eye on that in the upcoming weeks of the show. On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break, our first break of the evening. And when we come back, we will talk some New York Jets football. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. We hope you enjoyed your uh, excursion there with the Jingle Bell Rock. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside James Montefusco. Um, what a show we have for you tonight. This is our ugly Christmas sweater version of Review and Preview. You can watch us on Facebook Live if you're friends with me or James. You can listen to us on mywcwp.org on our talk stream here at WCWP. We do broadcast the show from the LIU Post campus in Brookville, New York. We just talked about some MLB hot stove news, some college football. We're going to transition into the Jets, and we'll talk Giants as well. Um, and if you want to call in with your questions, thoughts, comments, it's 516-299-2030. Feel free to take part in our live show. All right, so the Jets. James, what yes, were you sir? thinking last week by picking the Jets? I was, against the Texans. I was giving them some hope, at least. I, was, I understand why Kyle E. did it, but you did it, too. Well, you, you know... You I, did it, too. I know. You're a Giants fan. I know. That's it, a problem. It, it is. That's a problem, James. It it, it it really is. But at the same time... Not excellent work. That's no, what, it, what it's it, not. It's terrible work. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I can explain myself. Um, I picked them because I figured, all right, the Texans are hot. Maybe the Jets come in there, you know kind of bring them back down to earth or kind of show them like listen you, you're show all them what's good yeah you know, <laughs> kind of kind of be a spoiler if the jets spoiler could, team yeah. if the jets could do that but i don't think they're capable of mm-hmm. um yeah shout out tommy the mac mcnamara joining our show we miss you one of our old co-hosts on the show um yeah, so, Tommy, you're a Jets fan. You want to comment? You want to call in? 516-299-2030. We're not going anywhere. We'll be right here to take your thoughts and comments. Um, the Jets stink. Yeah. They're bad. They're the more, terrible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, Sam Darnold is back, and he has been, you know, having a pretty decent last couple of games trying to get this team in position to win, but the Jets had a chance to win this game. The fact that they only lost by seven... It goes to show you that 
when all the pieces are together, you can rely on a rookie like Sam Darnold. Uh, the Jets and Texans, they matched each other in points in the second half, 13-13, to 13, and they contained Deshaun Watson. Uh, they somehow held him to under 300 yards passing in this game. They did. And, but he did throw for two touchdowns, and he had a very high completion percentage. The Jets eliminated the Texans' running game entirely. The leading rusher was Watson with 26 yards. Wow. They held Lamar Miller to three rushes for eight yards. How'd they do that? Well, um, I think he got hurt in the game. He was day-to-day or something. I know he's questionable for the Eagles game. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he went down early on in the game. But, you know, looking at this game, it's just the Jets had too much to overcome. Tremaine Johnson was out. He didn't play. Quincy Anuna was was out. He didn't play. Isaiah Crowell, their starting running back, injured reserve, out for the season. But that's where you start to see what you got. It opens the door up for guys like Eli McGuire, who had a pretty good game. Uh, 18 ca- well, yards per carry wasn't great, but he did score a touchdown, and he was a factor out of the passing game. He did score a touchdown in this game. And Sam Darnold wasn't bad. 24-38, threw for over 250 yards and two touchdowns. That's not a performance to be ashamed of, especially when you're at home against the Houston Texans. I mean, I don't think that's bad. No, that's actually on a Saturday. Clowney, Watt, uh, McKinney, Kareem Jackson, big guys. You got some big guys on defense, especially Watt, let alone he's a force to reckon with when he's healthy. The Jets offensively, yeah, Chris Herndon has been pretty good. Chris Herndon the fourth. He's been a a good rookie this season, but... Robbie Anderson finally smells the coffee, man. This guy is bad. Like, uh, look, I understand Anun was out, and maybe that's why he picks up his performance, but seven catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that's all great, but when you're dropping balls like there's no tomorrow throughout majority of the season, I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. You can't do that in this league. No. It's hard enough to win football games in this league. You need receivers that are going to make plays. I mean, you look who the Jets sent to the Pro Bowl. It was their kicker a special teams player, and a defensive back. The offense is the problem. When your kicker goes to the Pro Bowl, your offense is the problem. You're not scoring it. It's the same thing with the Giants. Their kicker went to the Pro Bowl, yeah. too. The, yeah. The two kickers in the Pro Bowl are re- represented by New York yeah. teams. It it doesn't make For any sure. sense. But I, at the same time, you, you you look at the whole Jets. Oh, yeah. who, who are you supposed to pick? Sam Darnold, he was injured. Well, I'm going to say, Henry Anderson looked great on defense. He had three sacks on Saturday. I mean... He was a beast. Uh, you, did Jamal Adams make it? Jamal Adams played. He had a sack in the game. He was pretty good. Okay. So so you got some bright spots there, but at the same time. bright spots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at the same time, the, the other guys got to step up, especially on that offense. Yeah. Listen, I understand he's a young quarterback, whatever, but Very at young. this point, Either Anderson needs to go, somebody needs to teach him how to catch that nobody told him earlier in his life. He can't do that at this stage, though. Or he he has to be the bench warmer. I mean, you, you <laughs> he he can't be on that field and expect to be catching passes well, be, for how you know. because of how explosive he is. He's a pretty fast guy. Yeah, I read early. We've seen it. He has breakaway speed. Yeah. Loads of talent. I saw last week that they were concerned that they were going, he was going to break away, but at know. the same time, when you can't catch, that's not a weapon. You have to catch Enron. Yeah, that's, you know? that's how it is in this league. Um, look, the secondary was not good in this game. DeAndre Hopkins torched the Jets for 10 catches, 170 yards, two touchdowns. Watt had two sacks. 
the star shines for Houston, and that's why they won this game. Uh, yeah. What are the Texans now? Are they ten and yeah? Yeah. The Texans started zero and three, and they're ten and four. I mean, this was a monumental win. I mean, I understand you're playing the Jets on a road, but you're also coming off your first loss in like two months, two and a half months. Because they won seven in a row, correct? Yeah, and their last yeah. loss before they lost last week was to the New York Football Giants, surprisingly enough. Yeah, in week uh, two. Week three. Three, yeah. Yeah, that's when we won a game. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that was our first win. <laughs> we'll get to the Giants in a little <laughs> bit, folks, but... uh. Back to the Jets. You know, I got to say, they have decent players in the secondary, but when Tremaine Johnson is out, Houston took advantage of it. Those matchups are big. And now the Jets, they've been long out of playoff contention. And apparently, Todd Bowles might keep his job. When you told me that last night, I was about to throw my head through the wall. I don't know if that was Earhart or Russo on on the phone call. I don't remember who it was. Well, when somebody said that, I was about to slam my head against the wall. How does this man keep his job? I mean, is it more him? Is it more McCagnin? What's the deal? Is it both? Like, hello? I'm glad I'm a Giants fan. I mean, if you want to keep Bowles for another year and see how he does with a full year of Sam Darnold and add a few key players, all right, I'm going to have to accept that. But at the same time, not, I'm not a Jets fan, but at the same time, you, you, you got to look at all, everything around you. You get blown out by the Bills. Then you, That's unacceptable. It, unacceptable. Like, I, I, you got, okay, Josh McCown, he was in, it doesn't make a difference. You don't get blown out within the first quarter scoring 21 points with yeah. nothing. Oh, I agree. You know, it, there's, there, had to be, uh, there, there must be other factors of why they're sticking with him. Or, for all we know, come um, the Monday after the season. January. January. Yeah, Monday. He could still be there. Or he could, or later on, when after the draft, he could be gone. You know, they may want to see what he produces and what key ideas he wants to take into next season. If they don't like it, I could see him gone. I, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't know how you Jet fans feel about this because it's like every season. Um but like, do, do you it's like? It's tough to watch. If you're a Jets fan, do you like seeing your coach like bring plays out and coach like well, this? Todd Bowles is a defensive-minded coach, and the problem is the defense is what's really struggling this season. I know the offense hasn't been good as of late, but you know you got to start thinking about the future of this team. And I don't see Todd Bowles leading them to a championship. No, yeah, I see somebody else. If it's Todd Bowles, I. It should have been. Look, I picked Houston to win this game 24 to 13. You know, I was impressed by the offense that they were able to put up 22 points. Just saying. It goes to show you the defense is part of the problem. Yeah. They're not not part of the answer right now. And the defense, you look at the defense, who do you think of first? The first man you think of is the head coach, Todd Bowles. Yeah, because he's defensive mind. You know, you'd think the defense would be the strongest point on that team. It's not. You, you looked at that with Ben McAdoo last year for oh. the Giants. You know, I, the two different teams, but at the same time, they were two, two sp- different cultures. Yep. Yeah. Also, two specialized in two different uh, fields. Yeah. Now, my question is this: Go ahead. The Jets playing the Packers this weekend in MetLife. The Jets are four and ten. Green Bay. Is five eight and one. The Packers are winless on the road this season. Winless. Yeah, they're zero and seven on the road. This is the Jets' final home game of the season. If Green Bay win, Green Bay is zero and seven 
on the road. You got to win this game if you're the Jets. I understand it's Aaron Rodgers, but you can't let Green Bay do something they haven't done all year. And to be completely honest with you, the Jets are the type of team that would allow that to happen. Oh, yeah. They the the Jets could easily. I I I don't know who's favored in that in that game, but I I could see the Jets just be like, "You want to win? We'll give you the win." You know, kind kind of attitude yeah. like. Yeah. Like, you really look at it. Who, who's really going to stop them on defense? I don't know. You got Adams that's running up and down the field, catching passes from uh, Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And then they got a de- they got a decent defense, Green they Bay. Do. They do. So, you know, I got to give them credit there. But at the same time, Sam Darnold's just going to have to oh, Green, outperform. Green Bay is depleted with injuries. I mean, so are the Jets. Um, a lot of questionable guys. Their alignment. Brandon Shell has been on the shelf for a while. But Green Bay comes into this game. You have Aaron Rodgers. You have Devontae Adams. You look at Rodgers' stats this season. He's thrown for just under 400 yards, 23 touchdowns, two picks. He's a pro bowler along with his number one, new number one receiver, Devontae Adams, who has 100 catches and 12 TDs, over 1,300 yards. How did the Jets stop this guy if Jermaine Johnson doesn't play? You can talk about Marcus May, Jamal Adams all you want. You don't have Tremaine Johnson in this game. Rodgers is going to have a field day. He is. He is. I, I, what are you supposed to double team Adams? Triple team? I so mean, I'm still going to worry about Jimmy Graham, Valdez Scantling, yeah. Aaron Jones, who's emerged. And Look, he, I'm going to go ahead and say. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Green Bay is going to win this game. Okay. And they're going to win big. No. Big as Bills win. No. No. They're going to win 33-17. Okay. Wow. James, you're up. I am going to go with the Bills. Not the Bills. The, Bills. Oh the Packers? God. Yes, the Packers. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm going to go. Think of that 41-7 blowout. Yeah. I'm going to go with 30. 30. I'll do 30. And the Jets will manage to score 17 points. So we have similar scores. I picked 33-17. You picked 30-17. And to be fair, the Packers are just two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Or is that still the line? I think the Jets might be two-and-a-half-point. Oh, no, Green Bay. Yeah. Is uh... The over-under is 46-and-a-half. So we're, mm. ta- we're definitely taking the over. Nah, I could see the over. Yeah. I, I... On that note, let's get to the Giants. Oh, boy. Let's get to the Giants. Do Look, we, do one we, New York do teams do. Yeah, we have to. Why? We have to. It's Christmas. It's not a Christmas gift, though. I I understand that. All right. Fine. We'll get to the Giants. The Giants are shut out. Shut out. For the first time since 2013, my freshman year of college. That was almost six years ago. And they were shut out by the Tennessee Titans. I think when we got shut out, I ran a few extra laps in my uh, high school fo- sports team because yeah. of that. <laughs> the Giants were shut out 17 nothing, Run over by the Titans. And my thing is this. How in the world do you get shut out at home? I understand you're without Odell Beckham Jr., but you can't get shut out at home when your playoff hopes are on the line. No sense of urgency. With how bad the Giants have been, they've put up points in every single single game that they've played at home. 
since 2013. Yeah. That's a problem. That's a big problem. The loss goes on, you know, a few guys. Eli, mm-hmm. unable to get the ball to his receivers at times. The offensive yeah. line, unable to protect Eli Manning and unable to block for Saquon Barkley because you know what Houston's going to try to do. They know that the Gi- they turned the Giants into a one-dimensional offense. They were unable to run the ball with Saquon Barkley, which they could not set up play fakes to give Eli Manning time. And that's why the defense swarmed in on him, and they had a field day. Oh, yeah. Tennessee looked great on defense. They really did. Yeah, I uh, I, I, would, I was able to catch the end of the third quarter, fourth quarter game because we had a show at the Tiller Center um, that I was working at. And I was getting texts from a few of my friends, Kyle Earhart for one of them, um, and saying, man, this Giants game. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I went on the ESPN real fast, and I saw it, and I'm like, you're playing right like this is a dream can you wake me up um i was disappointed all around play very disappointed um just by looking at the stats and some of the highlights i mean you shut down saquon yes that that's a great job by the tennessee titans because saquon doesn't very get shut down as we saw all season um again you 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 missed odell could have you know, could have taken the pressure off of Saquon, but yeah. at the same time, you still, you, other guys needed to step up. And it didn't happen. You know, the Evan Ingrams, the Sterling Shepherds, it didn't happen. You know, and if they ain't step up, that they weren't going to win. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Kyle E texted me. He's like, they ain't go for like a sixty-yard field goal or what have you. And uh, you know, we could have gotten three points. I mean, it's three points, but we, at least we didn't get shut out. You know, I think the defense played very well considering. Um, what they faced, mm-hmm. you know, with with their giant running back, um, what's his name again? Um, Barkley. No, uh, Henry. Yeah, Henry. You know, after going off the following week, doing almost the same thing this week, well, last week, excuse me, and uh, having, you know, they should have tried to shut him down. They didn't. They didn't. But by holding them only to seventeen points, in my eyes, it kind of shows the defense is the strength of this team at this point. Derrick Henry had 170 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. The Giants could not stop him. Deion Lewis had seven for 35. The leading receiver for Tennessee had 33 receiving yards. Guys, Marcus Mariota did not have a good game. He was 12 for 20, 88 yards. Jaw dropper. Why? Why? Because Tennessee, they didn't need to throw the football. They kept the Giants off the field, and they got Eli and the Giants off the field all the, all the time. They could run Derrick Henry just ran the ball down the Giants' throat all game. The defense was great. Kevin Bard had a sack and a pick. Logan Ryan had a great game. Kendrick Lewis, Sean Evans, all those guys, they were great. Giants just couldn't move the football. They got in the way of themselves this game. I mean, you look at the stats. Barkley, 14-31. Eli didn't throw a touchdown. He completed under 50% of his passes. Your leading receiver was Evan Ingram, eight catches, 75 yards. That's not a a problem. Yeah. It's a problem. No Landon Collins, yes, we know. But next man has to step up and do some more damage. I will say one giant that played really well in this game, too, actually, Alec Ogletree and Josh Morrow. Morrow had six tackles. He was making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. 
one of the best run stuffers on the defensive line in the league, for that matter, at his position. He's been great. B.J. Hill with the penalties, too. Very underrated factor in this game. The Giants had way too many penalties. The one interception. They couldn't stop the run. They Wait, couldn't. They got an interception? Eli threw a pick oh, okay. in this game. Yeah. But when, when you get that many penalties, I mean, I, I, I'll argue with anybody all day over this. You're not going to win games. You're putting yourself at a, at a disadvantage. Even if it's five yards, mm-hmm. you're still at a big disadvantage. I, I don't care if you're the home team. I don't care if you're winning. F- flags hurt your team. And even though some people say, well, Odell wasn't there. Saquon got shut down. Odell wasn't there. It doesn't make a difference. Even if Odell was there. You'd still eliminate the flags? Yeah. There's still flags. Eliminate them. Barkley gets shut down, but you eliminated nearly, say, for, I'm using an example, over 100 yards of flags. Right. You eliminate that, maybe you could be in the end zone once. So, the Giants lose this game. Awful game. Under 300 yards of offense. Look. Former Saints defensive end Cameron Jordan has stated that Eli Manning is a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know what to make of this comment. If we're talking championships, yes, I think Eli is more successful in the playoffs, maybe because he's not there as often. But in terms of character, I'd rather have Eli Manning leading a team than Roethlisberger. Because Roethlisberger kind of, it seems like he just doesn't care sometimes. He just throws the ball up for grabs and, like, you know, yeah. you know he knows he has good receivers. And I feel like he's kind of full of himself in a way at times, which isn't the best attitude to have as an NFL quarterback. I agree with you. And not yeah. having Le'Veon Bell this year. I mean, Cameron Jordan might have a valid point, but in terms of stats, if you're looking for yardage and if you're looking for guys to win you games, Roethlisberger is clearly the better of the two at this point in, 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 the both, in both of their careers. But is Eli still the quarterback next year? Pat Shermer's saying yeah, and quite frankly, I don't see a better answer. So you might as well stick with him. Listen, I'm uh He's been the savior of this franchise for 15 years. He is. I uh, I mean, Shermer's all about it. Um, listen, I'm sure a lot of other people, I'm sure Kyle Russo wouldn't agree with him on certain points or other co-hosts that's on here tonight. Um, but I, you got to do it. Did you? Because you, Kyle Lowe. Lowe. Thank you. Hasn't I? I don't see him starting for this team. I mean, unless they go out and get Nick Foles, you know, which would be great. They go try to get a draft, uh, draft a quarterback if they could, or just get somebody off of waivers and stuff. You know, that that's the only way I see Eli not being the next year quarterback. If we get Nick Foles, I do not see Eli quarterback. We're not going to get Nick Foles. Not happening. No, I don't think so either, but if we did, I don't see Eli as a quarterback. I think Eli's going to play next year. He's going to start next year. I think he's going to groom somebody finally. Not finally, but I think he's going to have to groom. It's hard because the quarterback of the future is not on the roster. No. I know we've only seen a a small sample size of Kyle Lalletta, but... That small sample size told you a lot. I mean, you complete... The Giants just wasted... Two years in a row, they wasted a draft pick on a quarterback. You're not going to give Davis Webb a fair look like he deserved because he's slow on his progressions. And now Kyle Loletta, a man who gets arrested on a highway in Weehawken, New Jersey, on the way to practice. Yeah. 
I, I don't understand. They should really give Webb a shot because he may be slow on his progressions, but his but the slowness on his progressions may be helping him down the road. I think he's smarter than Loletta. I just don't you know. know if you waste a third round pick on a quarterback like that. I mean, who do who else do we got? And this year, a fourth rounder. We still got Alex Tanny. We still have Alex Tanny, but you know, a three year vet out of Monmouth. Yeah, he came out a little older. He's thirty. Yeah, so I mean, he doesn't have much NFL experience. Hit. He hasn't started at I, – I, You don't I, want a guy that's there. I mean, um, unless he's the next Kurt Warner. Yeah. Honestly, he I – came out late. I, I, I see them they, – they got to try stuff out. I mean, last week's game, I mean, if they tried, they could have won. Um, but if they got blown out by the Colts this week, uh, you got to put in either one of those guys. You yes. got to – within these last two yes. weeks, you got to see what they have. Because if they don't have so anything – you're, you're out. You're out now. Yeah. Yeah. But if you if they if neither of them have absolutely anything in their to tank prove. to yeah. prove, you got to move on. I'm sorry, you can't hold them on forever. Yeah. You, you, Fair enough. You know, I mean, unless they source something that they could tweak over the off season, which is understandable. But at the same time, if there's nothing there, you can't. You, you just can't work with it. You know, most of the giant fans like me and Tom here want to see a winning season within the next two years. I want to see it now. Now would be nice, but you know, um, that's not happening. Um, but you you, you got to do it, otherwise it's going to be mm-hmm. not successful. So Odell is not practiced all week. He's unlikely to play in Week 16 in the game against the Colts. Um, for the Giants, their Pro Bowl honors Barkley, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Kid's been a stud. Barkley's rushed for over 1,100 yards on the season. He's their leading receiver as well over Odell Beckham. Giants made the right pick in taking Barkley. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. Otherwise, without Barkley, God knows if we score any points. Really. He is phenomenal. Right out of the Bronx in New York City. Great player, great talent. I mean, he's got 82 catches. 82 for a rookie running back. For a running back. 654 yards through the air, 1,155 on the ground. Barkley's going to have over 2,000 all-purpose yards once it's all said and done this year. He's got 13 combined touchdowns, nine on the ground, four through the air. He's the perfect running back. He really is. He is. I really like this kid a lot. He's one of my favorite players on the team. He's a bright kid. He's He seems very respectful. Very kid. Yeah, which you, sometimes you don't get a lot. With when you become yeah. an NFL player, like yeah. we saw with Zeke, so you know, so uh, it seems like he he's on the right track, and he wants to see this team win. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he didn't like to get blown out last week, but uh, you know, he always it it seems like in my eyes he's always trying to do better. Barkley had over a hundred yards in every game the last four weeks up until this week against Tennessee, and I'm sure he'll have a bounce back game this week against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Barkley, one of the three pro bowlers, as I was mentioning just a few moments ago, along with Altrick Rosas and, uh, not Odell, uh, Landon Collins. Collins is hurt, went successful uh, shoulder surgery. He's done for the year. He will not play in the pro bowl. Rosas, very grateful to be in the pro bowl. His experience from year one to year two is very monumental. He's earned his honor as a pro bowl kicker. Yes. Um, He's only missed one field goal the whole season. I'm pretty sure that was a 60-yarder, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. And then he missed an extra point late. But other than that, he's been perfect. He's been 
hands down, the best kicker in football. Him, Butker, Jason Myers, Vinatieri. These guys are all great football players, James. Oh, no. They're all great. With, without a doubt. Aren't they? They are. Altrick Rosas, 23-year-old kicker. You know, this kid's my age, and he's in the Pro Bowl. Listen, last season what I won. What am I doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here? There's a real quick yeah. question. Why aren't we out on the field? I don't know. Um, but I think last year I was calling for him to be gone. Rosas? Yeah. He's just a rookie. I know, but some of those. Boneheaded moves, right? Boneheaded moves. Yep. Um, now, this week, let's preview against the Colts. Um, look, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a very tough game because Andrew Luck, Hands down, comeback player of the year. He's been great. And I'm looking forward to uh, what Darius Leonard is. You see his tweet, 40 tackles. Yeah. Has a guy read 40 tackles in a game? I don't think so. I but don't know. But, honestly, uh, with this old offensive line, it could be possible. Let's go left to right. Nate Solder. Will Hernandez. Yeah. Spencer Pulley, who's questionable. Jamon Brown. Chad Wheeler. <laughs> Toast. Easy. You stick a fork in them at this point. Uh, I'm just, I'm very, I'm astonished how the Giants were in the playoffs for this long. They, they were in playoff hunt. They were. Well, you got a few wins. I mean, the the Washington win helped. Oh, it helped already. You know, um, you got other few wins. You know, deserved wins after you know after their bye week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for them to be in this long, I mean, even if they made the playoffs, it, it's a. It's a totally different game once you make playoffs. You mm-hmm. know, mindsets change. It's an everybody starts zero and zero. You know, you win, you go home. I mean, you win, go. you, you go. You know. Oh, I got a fun fact for you. Sure, let's hear it. I'm um, always up for a fun fact, you know. So I saw last week that the Giants are zero and five when they don't take away the football on they defense. Don't, uh, cause a turnover. Yes. So if the Giants don't cause a turnover, we're dead meat. Correct. Correct. A fun fact that's not so fun. Okay. James Montefusco. You know, Mike Dawes would be calling you out right now. He would be. Yeah. But um, Mike isn't here, so. Look, let's talk about this game. Andrew Luck's coming in. T.Y. Hilton's been great all year. Uh, Jack Doyle's at, but uh, the emergence of Eric Ebron, the tight end. We know the Giants cannot cover tight ends. No. They can't. He could. Ogletree's the best linebacker we've had since AP. By AP, Antonio Pierce. Yes, yes. I think uh, their tight ends should be in for a big game. I think the forty tackles, <laughs> forty tackles aren't realistic. He'll get twenty, maybe. He might but get 20. 20, 20. I mean, for your fantasy owners, that's Look, in the last week. If you want to pick him up, go ahead. It's the house but, that Peyton built. Yeah. yeah. Um, Giants are not successful. No. In Indianapolis. Nope, they they aren't. It's uh, I mean, Peyton built it. I mean, his little brother, yeah, his little brother's playing in it. I wonder if he's he may be there. It would be interesting if Peyton's there, but who knows? Um, I think the Giants are going to have a very tough time mm-hmm. coming in there with Andrew Luck playing as well as he is with that offensive line playing as well as they were, yeah. and if they could c- continue that, um, going in there after last week, they do. They're out of the playoff contention now, but they do have to show they they have still life within them. Uh, that offensive line is there. In my eyes, they're all playing for next season. Yeah, I I don't care if you got a three year contract. You are playing for next season playing whatsoever. For their jobs. You know, I, I honestly I believe that with everybody. Yeah, 
besides like fair enough. Collins, he it, he uh, he's a different story, but like Ogle, Ogletree, I feel like he's a lock. Well, we got to pay Collins next season or franchise yeah. tag. Him. Vernon, he he he's definitely playing her for his contract. Uh, I don't want Vernon back next but year. He's too much money for the production we get out of him. Um, so most of these guys are playing for next year. Just uh, saying, the Colts are they've won seven out of their last eight since starting one and five. Wow. And on that note, I will pick the Colts to beat the New York Football Giants this weekend by a score of twenty-four to ten. Okay. James Montefusco. I am going with the Giants. Probably going on two this week. Are you on crack? No, no, I'm not. Um, I, I think Saquon's gonna gonna have a burst out game. Maybe I hope so. Um, I'm going to go Giants 21, uh, Colts 17. I mean, I hope you're right. <laughs> I, I really do. I hope you're right. I say Quan cannot get shut down this week. He needs to put up fantasy points. That's uh, all I'm we'll saying. We'll see. We'll see about that. I respect your pick. Thank you. I mean, I do Staying too. Staying true to the blue. Yeah. True blue, as Bob Papa would say after an extra point. Okay. Yep. On that note, we're going to step aside for our second break of the evening. When we come back, it's the top of the hour. We're going to have our team of the week and talk some more NFL football. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. And welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Yes, that is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer you just heard. Coming back, James. Pushing up the Christmas tune. Oh, yeah, you know. Let's for our Christmas away. show, my hat's off. I give you credit. Yours is still on. It's roasting in here. Yeah. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside James Montefusco. Two-man studio here tonight for the show. Uh, we're down on numbers, but we're good. We're getting through. We are. We are getting through. We're having ourselves a pretty good show, I'd say, so far. I see so far, too. You know, that leaves me to say, mm. let's talk about our favorite segment, Team of the Week. Let's let's do it. So, a couple of guys that aren't here actually gave us their Teams of the Week. Kyle Russo uh, gave us his Team of the Week. He's going to pick the Brooklyn Nets from the NBA. They're on a seven-game winning streak. Uh, they're near... The eight line in the East right now for the playoffs. I know it's super early, only about a, a little over a third of the way through the year, but it's something to consider. Um, Kyle Earhart's team of the week. Kyle Earhart went soccer. He picked he Manchester United because they finally fired their manager, Jose Marino. Yes. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm probably yeah. totally wrong. No, 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 you're correct. Jose I do watch Marino. Uh, a little soccer, and uh, they. They needed him gone um, yeah. of what I've seen through the games. I'm sure Kyle, if he was here, he would you know, have more to say. Yeah, well, I know Manchester City is kind of becoming the better team, yeah. which I feel like they were kind of the little brother to Manchester United. They were. Um, for a while, and now they're better, apparently. Yeah, so they say. James, on that note, who's your team of the week? My team of the week, I'm going to uh, give a little shout-out to – my friend James Walsh, he goes up to school in Buffalo uh, for culinary, so I'm going to give him the Buffalo Bills wow. for the team of the week, beating the Lions by, I believe it was one point? Yeah. Yeah, one point. Um, I mean, the Lions has a great run stuffer, as we know, um, Snacks, Harrison. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with them. I like your pick. 
Thank you. Um, What's yours? (laughs) What's mine? (laughs) Well, not the Giants like last week. Okay. Understandable. Um, You know, it's funny because you went football. Kyle Russo went basketball. Kyle Earhart went soccer. I mean, you know, it it would be easy to say that um, a lot of people would talk about the Chargers – four-game winning streak. Um, you know, a lot of other teams in the league have been doing great. You know, a lot of the big teams in the NFL have been losing. But, I mean, my team of the week is, I, I, look, no bias, Tennessee Titans. No. Tennessee Titans are on a three-game winning streak after falling to five and six. They're now eight and six. Back in the midst of things and the AFC playoff picture. And they beat the Giants. They shut them out 17-0. They did something that has not been done since 2013. The Tennessee Titans are my team of the week. That's a good pick. And that's crazy because their starting quarterback threw for 88 yards. It goes to show you it's not all about stats. It's not all about yards when you win football games. It's about team play, defense, running attack, manage the game well. Just wanted to give a little shout-out here to Kai Russo. He's watching us on Instagram live. Uh, he loves our sweaters. So Does he? That's, that's what he says. So Well, you know who has the best sweater of them all? Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. Right? Yeah. On that note, let's. we talked about the Jets and the Giants. Uh, look, there were a lot of big games last week. Uh, first of all, on Saturday night, the Browns beat the Broncos by one point. Great game. I was at NBC working a hockey game. While I was watching it, um, this is the first time that the Browns win. Wait a minute. According to this, the Browns win their first game versus the Broncos since 1990. Yikes. Wow. That was almost 30 years ago. Uh, yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. That, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I actually picked the Browns as my upset last week, and I cashed in. You know, I, th- I thought I was dumb for picking them, but apparently not. Hmm. Apparently not. Um, yeah. It was really a great game because Baker Mayfield has proven. You know, the, the Browns have won four games since Hugh Jackson uh, ha- has, has left, and Baker and Greg Williams are better off than they were. Hugh Jackson was clearly the problem on this team. He was preventing yeah. their development. It was tough. Um Falcons blow out the Cardinals. Tevin Coleman had a career high 145 rushing yards. The Falcons are five and nine, and what's scary is that this Atlanta team is in line for potentially a top five pick this year, and they're not a bad football team. They just had a down year. They had a lot of injuries on the defense. Losing Deion Jones was big. Buchanan. I mean, they're a strong team, and look out for the Falcons uh, next year. The Ravens continue their winning ways against the Bucks. They beat them 20 to 12. Lamar Jackson. In his fourth, in his fifth start, he is now four and one as a starter. The Bills, I guess you can say, they upset the Lions at home by one point, fourteen to thirteen. Robert Foster over a hundred receiving yards, great stuff. Other great things, of course, the Chargers clinching their first playoff berth since two thousand thirteen, beating the Chiefs twenty nine twenty eight. Um, the Bears beat the Packers, winning their first NFC North title since 2010. Bravo, because honestly, 
you look at the playoff picture right now, and Chicago is, is looking like the best team in the NFC because the Saints are struggling right now. Breeze is struggling. Goff and the Rams, they really miss Cooper Cup, man. Uh, Bears looking really good right now. Yeah, especially Claire Matt Mack. Nagy, head coach. Uh, Akeem Hicks, uh, Khalil Mack, Danny Trevathan. Uh, yes, Tommy Mack, Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you for watching our show. Um, as we're going over last week's games, the Bengals beat the Raiders. Joe Mixon, 100 rushing yards in two straight games. This kid's a stud. He's one of the top ten backs in the league at this point. He's been phenomenal. After Dallas wins five in a row, the Colts shut the Cowboys out. So, you know, in a week the Giants get shut out. Dallas gets shut out as well. So you can put a smile on your face, New York Giants fans, for that. Uh, Dallas on the road has not been great. Both teams now sit at 8-6. and six. The Cowboys were also shut out. Well, the Cowboys were actually shut out for the first time since 2003. Good. That, yeah. That's fine by me. This was a very interesting game because Prescott did not look good after a great performance last week against the Eagles. But what's more astonishing is that the Colts won this game through their rushing game and their defense. Marlon Mack was great. He had the two touchdowns. But Luck didn't even throw for 200 yards. The Colts' defense held Dallas under 300 yards of total offense. They were great. They really were. They really were. They contained. Dallas did not have great time of possession down the stretch in that game, and the Colts came away with the win. And I think they're the leaders for the sixth seed right now. I know they're currently not the sixth seed, but in terms of schedule left and conference record, I think the Colts, between the Colts, Ravens, and Titans, the three left you really got to consider, I think the Colts have the best shot. Redskins beat the Jaguars. Shout out to Josh Johnson winning a football game as a starting quarterback, something he's dreamed about for the last nine years after coming in late in the game against the Giants the week before. Beating Jacksonville on the road, Dustin Hopkins drills the game-winning 36-yard field goal. The Vikings and the Dolphins. The Vikings were in desperate need for a win, man. Desperate need they for were. a win. They didn't play well against the Bears. Uh they win. They win, right? Yeah, they win their first game against the Dolphins actually since 2002. You know, okay. teams in the AFC do not play each other very often. They remember, you know how the calendar works. The NFC, you play one division in the AFC every four years. Yes. The Giants and the Jets actually play each other next year. Really? Yeah. Ooh. So the Vikings come away with a huge win. <laughs> Interesting. Just stat just came up. Derrick Henry has six rushing touchdowns in the last two games. Oh, he put a four the, the following week. Yeah. The 49ers upset the Seahawks, which this was two guys' lock last week. This was my lock, and I believe this might have been Earhart's lock. I'm not too sure. Uh, fully regret it. Actually, I don't remember where we left the locks, but uh, yeah, that was my lock. The 49ers win over the Seahawks for the first time since 2013. Again, no more college freshman jokes. That was my freshman year. Uh, Pittsburgh. I really want to dissect this Pittsburgh New England game. You know, we're going down the line, but yeah. I want to talk about this game okay. for a second. Now, in this game, mm -hmm. Bill Belichick made some poor coaching decisions late in this game. I mean, New England was down, but, I mean, this what Roethlisberger did with the football late, the team coming together. Look, you were out Le'Veon Bell all season. Connor's been hurt as a late. I really like what the Steelers are doing, and they stay in front of the Ravens in the division because the pressure was on because Baltimore is playing the Bucks. Brady threw an inter interception in this game. Um, 
Besides that one long touchdown to Chris Hogan, New England did not look good. No, New England hasn't looked good, uh, to be honest, in the last few weeks. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's something internal, if it's something in the locker room, if guys are just tired of winning. I mean... How could you be tired of winning, though? I I know, but some people get bored of winning. I I, I don't know. Um, but New England has been winning since, like, 2000. Yeah. To be fair. So maybe guys are just getting up in age. Cough, cough, Tom Brady. <laughs> um, Tom Brady is 41 years old, y- folks. You know, uh, is the age factor hitting in? I know a lot of people are probably going to be disagreeing with me on that. Well, when you give up 142 rushing yards to Jalen Samuels, there's your answer. Yeah. And then New England not play good on defense. It does Gronk is Gronk done? You know, is the great Gronk? You think he's going to retire? Now I'm very surprised by that. Cause yeah, I he just has. He's built like a bull. He's built I like know, a bull. but he's he's been injured. He hasn't looked like Fair himself. Enough. I mean, for him to I don't uh, that that tackle he tried to do against the Dolphins. I I don't know if it's either him. If it's the team, um, but uh, or he's just done and wants to move on, you know, uh, he's been with that team for as long as I can remember ever, Gronk. So um, that one play in the Super Bowl, remember Chase, Chase Blackburn goes up and he grabs it on his helmet. I'm like, oh, this is Tyreek Hatch defense, <laughs> 2.0. <laughs> yeah. So I, I Dawes think wouldn't like that comment. No, no, it's not fun. No, it's not. It's not fun. It's not fun. It's not fun. Um, no, yeah. But New England late in this game, I mean, Joe Hayden had a great interception off of Tom Brady, and New England gets down the field late, poor clock management, and then they throw the incomplete pass in the end zone. Pittsburgh stays atop the AFC North. Oh, uh, I want to bring up this before we move on from um, the Patriots. Um, I wanted to, did you see who quit or who retired? Josh Gordon yep. has left the team. Yeah, it's very interesting. What do you think about that? It's interesting because he he's no staple. No. The problem is Josh Gordon is like a one to two year band aid. That's all he is. Yeah. He he's he, he can't stick with the team. He's a patch player. I like that stat actually. You know, he 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 stays until they can fix it and then he moves on. He's walking away from football. Uh, this might be a good move because he's had trouble throughout all his life, throughout his entire career. Superb talent. Oh, yeah, no. Great talent. But your thing just went off. What? Why am I <laughs> okay, well, sorry, everybody that's watching um, on Facebook. So it's been pretty insane what New England has been going through this year. They're 9-5, and five, and there's a chance they might not make the playoffs. I know. I saw that, and I'm pretty happy about that. I know you're pretty I, happy about I mean, it. Most of New Yorkers are probably pretty happy about that. Maybe. Are you? As long as I don't have to see them in the Super Bowl again, yes. But then again, it kind of when you when you're watching, it's like where are the Patriots usually they're winning, usually they're on. But you know, they're on and they're off. This year, nine and five, they're close to not making it. Yeah. So back to the Frisco Seattle game. Nick Mullins, his impact on this team. He's been very well. Nick Mullins has the fifth most. Passing yards through six career games since 1970. The top five, Cam Newton is first. Mark mm-hmm. Bolger is second, the former Ram. Pat Mahomes is third. Nick Mullins is fourth with 1,754 passing yards. You know who's fifth? 
Andrew Luck. Wow. Don't that, those are great stats. Cool beans. So my thing to you guys is this. Andrew Luck, comeback player of the year, but Nick Mullins, you know, is he the next best thing in San Francisco? Is he? They just signed Jimmy Garoppolo to a big deal. He could be. I mean, there's. I feel like their guy is still Jimmy Garoppolo because they brought him Hands over down. to the Patriots. So I don't know if they put Mullins as a backup, like what what they did with uh, in Philadelphia with Philadelphia, yeah, Wentz yeah. and uh, Foles. Foles, yeah. or do you potentially try to trade him away to get either a better uh, pick or no. somebody? So, I, the, I see what you're saying. Though. They got their hands full at the end of this I season. I disagree. No, 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 and that, that's valid reason to disagree too. Because it's like, do, do you trade such somebody this good away, or do you hold on to him in case Garoppolo doesn't come back to where he produced before? Right. You know, it, fair enough. Did the, the Jimmy G? Era. The Jimmy G effect. And so fast? Uh, no, he's just, he can't stay on the field. So he's not d- healthy. That That's the problem. He then never you, has been. That's then the you problem. keep Nick Mullins. Right. Um, yeah, well. speaking of bad teams, the Raiders went out and signed Nate Peterman. I, I don't know about this move. I'm pretty sure Peterman was drafted last year or the year before. Uh, this This guy is not a good NFL quarterback. Maybe a change of scenery will help him. But if your team goes out and signs Nathan Peterman, that tells you and John Gruden you're not satisfied with David with uh, David Oof. Derek Carr. Derek Carr is your quarterback. Yeah, but they, they they've done so many not smart moves. Do you say boneheaded? Okay, and so that's exactly what they are. Yeah, the boneheaded moves. I mean, you trade away the guy that has 12 sacks alone. And the Raiders' defense can only get 12 sacks. Yeah. You trade Amari Cooper away yeah. to Tough. the Cowboys that we saw what he's has mm-hmm. he's been doing. What, what I mean, I don't understand. that they, yeah. they, they can stay there, and honestly, maybe they should be eliminated from the NFL. Uh, the other games, <laughs> the other games we're going to talk about the last two Sunday night game, Monday night game. The Eagles surprisingly upset the Rams with Nick Foles as quarterback. Rams lose back-to-back games for the first time in over two years. The Eagles outscore the Rams in the third quarter 17-0. That was the difference of this game because Nick Foles did not throw a touchdown pass. The offense went around Wendell Smallwood and Alshon Jeffrey. Smallwood had two touchdowns on the ground. Adams had a touchdown. Short yardage guy. Eight catches, 160 yards for Jeffrey. Goff didn't look good. Is Jared Goff overrated? He might be. He had four picks in, in the game the week before, I think. So, I mean... You're starting to see it happen where Jared Goff is making mistakes. He's causing turnovers. It's kind of looking like his rookie year again. I mean, he doesn't have uh, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup which is huge. But at the same time, you got enough guys on that team that you could establish some type of connection with. Right. The problem you was know. Gurley was their leading receiver, ten catches, seventy-six yards. That's a problem. Yeah. Well, uh, Gurley looked stepping up. Gurley looked a little injured, I he think, did. with his knee last week. Yeah. So. Uh, it, for the Rams teams, it should be very interesting to see how it progresses, especially within the playoffs, considering they were probably one of the favorites. Last game we're going to go over, the Saints and the Panthers. And I watched the game in its entirety. In this game, mm-hmm. I was down by 25 in my semifinal fantasy football matchup against Chris Klimazewski, a co-host on the show. I needed 25 from McCaffrey. He got me 28. Carolina looked really 
bad in this game besides Christian McCaffrey. But um, the Saints only won by three on the road in Carolina. They won by a final score of 12 to nine. The Panthers did come up with a safety in that fourth quarter. But look, Breeze did not look good again in this game. One interception, no touchdowns. He's basically out of the MVP race at this point. Kamara had a down game. He didn't get the ball enough. Well, with him and Ingram, him and Ingram both had over 60 yards, which is good. But Kamara needs more yards. Michael Thomas, their leading receiver with 49 receiving yards, that's not okay. No, that, that's awful. It's not okay. Their defense won them this game, James. They held Carolina to 247 yards of offense. Cam Newton has been shut down for the rest of the season, and I think their new quarterback is Heinke. Who? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I mean, defensive win, defense wins games, um, but neither of them on either side of the ball look very um, productive. I wasn't expecting it to be such a close game. Taylor Heinke is his name. Taylor Heinke. Heinke? Heinke. Heinke. Yeah. Okay. He went to Old Dominion, I'm pretty sure. Heinke. Um, yeah, but look, guys. Carolina started six and two. They're now six and eight. They've lost six straight. They're the only team that hasn't won a football game since week ten. Wow. Yeah, I mean McCaffrey was the only bright spot of this game, man. He he was he was going off. He ha- you see him with the fifty yard touchdown pass in the first quarter. No, I did not see the fifty yard touchdown pass that Chris Manhurts. It was great. That was the only good play Carolina made all game. Mm. Since then, nothing. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't do anything. And then that wraps up your Week 15 for the 2018 NFL season. Very interesting Week 15. A very interesting Week 15. Uh, speaking of which, Rivers headline Week 15, the upset, the Chargers over the Chiefs. Phillip Rivers has not missed the start since September 11th, 2006. That was when he took over as the San Diego Chargers mm-hmm. quarterback at the, at the time. They were called San Diego. 206 straight starts for Phillip Rivers. You know, there's something about that quarterback draft class of 2004 that's very intriguing. And you really appreciate those guys that were picked. Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, and Phillip Rivers. You sh- they show durability. All good guys. Yeah. And they're still in the league playing at a high level. Well, at times. At times, yes. But uh, it shows them very durable. Yeah. And able to last this long in such a um, hard league to play in, meaning physical and uh, mental. For sure. So, um, you know. It is time for us to preview the NFL games in Week 16. Now, before we get to that, last week, James, yeah. you were 1-1 one one in your picks. Minnesota won. Green Bay lost. So Minnesota was your lock. Green Bay was your upset. That's correct. I had Seattle as my lock. They lost. That should have been a guaranteed win. And then I got Cleveland right as my upset. But, you know, it's crazy how things happen in the league. Week 16, the Titans host the Redskins. Now, if we look at the AFC playoff picture right now, this is how it currently sits. The number one seed is the Kansas City Chiefs due to the head-to-head tiebreaker and conference record. Then at number two, surprisingly, the 10-4 and Houston Texans. Number three, the 9-5 and New England Patriots. Number four, um, oh boy, why am I drawing a blank right now? Uh, the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers at 8, 5, and 1. And the wild cards, you got the Chargers at 11 and 3, and then the Ravens at 8 and 6. Yeah. 
still in the hunt in the playoff picture. Surprisingly, the Cleveland Browns are still alive. Um, the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans and the Miami Dolphins at 7-7. Seven and seven. You could pretty much say that the Dolphins and Browns have no shot. It's going to come down to the Colts, Titans, uh, Steelers, and Ravens for yeah. two two of those final four spots because the Steelers are no lock either. And New England's not a lock. No, they're not. If they lose this week, they're not a lock. They are not a lock. So three spots for five teams. I, I think the sixth seed is going to go to the Colts. You know, I love what Baltimore is doing with, with Lamar Jackson, but if you look at it, Colts got to play the Giants, and then they play the Titans next week, which will probably be moved to the Sunday night game because Tennessee in Week 16, they are hosting the not very good Washington Redskins at home. They're a little better now with Josh Johnson at quarterback, but Redskins are seven and seven, Titans are eight and six. The Titans are five and one at home this season, and they're at home in this game. And I'm going to pick them to win. Tennessee should beat Washington. The Ravens are at the Chargers. This is a tough game because the Chargers have won ten of their last eleven. And Baltimore is on the road with a rookie quarterback. Do we see Joe Flacco in this game? I, you know, we may, but I don't think so. I think uh-huh. Lamar Jackson has done enough of what he can do to stay as their quarterback. Yeah. And even if that means taking them out of wild card position, I think it's the best thing for him to finish out the season and then focus on the future of the team. Yes. And Lamar Jackson is clearly the future. And Joe yeah. Flacco may go elsewhere. Yes. You know? um, I, I'd rather see that chemistry build more with the receivers and the other players on that offense than having yeah. Joe Flacco return. Oh, yeah. And every, they're all used to now Lamar Jackson. They'll be like, oh, i got to remember what Joe Flacco did. Right. You know. Um. Okay. Giants and the Colts. We, we pretty much know how that's going to go. The Jaguars. Yeah, we'll see. Jaguars at the Dolphins. Dolphins should keep themselves alive against Jacksonville. There's a good chance that Miami should win this game and improve to 8-7. and seven. Yes. The Falcons at the Panthers. Panthers have not won in a while. I think Atlanta wins this game again somehow. Yeah. The Bengals and the Browns. The Browns are looking to sweep the Bengals for the first time since 2002. This time, Cleveland is home at First Energy Stadium. And realistically, Hugh Jackson going back as a Bengals assistant to Marv Lewis. This does not look promising. I think the Browns are going to sweep them. I, I really do. I think so, too. The Cowboys host the Bucks. They clinch a playoff spot and the division with a win mm-hmm. over Tampa Bay. And with the way the NFC playoff picture looks right now is this. You have the Saints at the 1 at 12-2. and two. Then you got the Rams second at 11-3. and three. Chicago is third at 10-4. and four. Cowboys are fourth at eight and six, and the wild cards you got the Seahawks at eight and six, and the Vikings seven six and one. Then right behind them in the hunt you have the Eagles and Redskins both at seven and seven, and the Panthers at six and eight. It's going to come down to the uh, it's going to come down to the Vikings and the Eagles. Yes, for the final spot, unless Dallas gets bumped from the division, it could happen if they lose this week, and then the Giants play spoiler in week seventeen to keep Dallas out of the playoffs. I would love that. I mean, you, I I'm not a fan that. of either team, folks. But you know, if you if you're asking me who I'd rather have in, I'd rather have Philly in because I know the Eagles would have no shot go going going up against the Bears in Soldier Field. Oh, uh, yeah. Or I'm sorry, no, the Eagles would be home against Seattle, which Seattle's been playing really well with Russell Wilson. Yes. 
I'm thinking if they're the sixth seed, which they still might, even if Dallas clinches the division. Um, so that's the NFC playoff picture. Speaking of which, the Vikings got to go on the road against the Lions. So we talked about Dallas and Tampa Bay. Dallas is at home. They should have a good shot at winning that game. Um, because Dallas has been very good at home this season. The Vikings against the Lions on the road. Kirk Cousins has 17 turnovers this season. That's the highest, tied the most in the NFL on the road against Detroit. Potential trap game for Minnesota Mm -hmm. after flying high last week with a win over Miami. The Bills on the road against the Patriots. Now, New England is the only team without a home loss this season. Does New England overcome their two-game losing streak at Gillette and Foxborough on Sunday? Knowing them, yes. That should happen. I mean, that that's their – they love it there, so, yeah. Um, the reason why, you know, people talk about counting the Eagles out there at home against the Texans, but, hey, look what they did against the Rams last week. Look, this may be a potential upset. The Texans are on the road against the Eagles. Houston has, just for the third time in franchise history, 10-plus wins in a season. And the Eagles are at home 7-7. Seven and seven. That's a big game for Philadelphia. That is. The Rams go on the road against the Cardinals. Jared Goff has 10 giveaways in the last four games. You know, wow. Arizona, they're playing for the number one spot. The Bears on the road against the 49ers. 49ers are 7-1 and one in December since the Shanahan era, Mike Shanahan era. So look out for a potential upset because you look what they did to Seattle last week. Yeah. It could one be. One of the hottest teams in the league. This week could be all upsets to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. And then the two best games of the week, the Steelers are on the road against the Saints. Now the Saints clinch the number one seed, home field advantage, with the win against Mm -hmm. the Steelers at home. The Chiefs go on the road to play Seattle Mm. on Sunday night football. And then Monday night, the Broncos at the Raiders. That's Monday night football, Broncos at the Raiders? Yeah. Are you serious? The Raiders have 12 sacks as a team this season. Why would they make that a Monday night game? That's the fewest in franchise history. Both these teams are bad. I mean, Denver was in playoff consideration for a while. The new quarterback this year, Vance Joseph, at head coach. I mean, look, Case Keenum's done what he could, but this is a new team. Besides Phillip Lindsay, the emergence of him, you know, you traded away Demarius Thomas. Guys haven't been healthy on defense. Vaughn Miller is the only really – him and Chris Harris have been doing everything they can. Derek Wolf, those guys, but – it's a tough league. It's a tough league. There's a lot of competitive teams in the league this year, and you see what happens sometimes. Um, but, yeah. Interesting. I, uh, I don't understand how that's Monday night. But, yeah. okay. Before we get to our uh, lock and upset here, James, mm-hmm. there's been rumored people want the Pro Bowl replaced. I They want the Pro Bowl replaced. I don't know if you heard about this. Is it the f- – Two teams that are fi- uh, fighting for the first draft pick? Yes. Is that it? So what okay. they want, instead of the Pro Bowl, they want the two worst teams by record in the NFL to play against each other. And This is in replacement of the Pro Bowl, the week before the Super Bowl and after the NFC and AFC championships games. They want them to play each other. So as of right now, I think it would be, I want to say it would be the Cardinals and the Raiders in this game, and then the winner gets the number one draft pick. Now, that's something I think people would watch more over the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I, I do agree. Maybe um, don't take away the Pro Bowl, but, like, I don't know. I guess have it as a doubleheader. I, I, I'm not sure. Or, you know, it's something. Because, 
Honestly, the Pro Bowl is boring. Nobody watches it. I uh, nobody. I it's a fun time to get away. The best guys. I, like I don't think my personal opinion. I don't think the game should be taken away, but there needs to be something of meaning, you know. And I think having a game like that. That'd be that'd be fun. That'd know, be fun to watch. Because, earn the number one draft yeah. pick. Hey, because then then that uh, I feel like that that'd be better. I mean, a lot of the guys that go to the Pro Bowl, you know, they become friendlier with the other guys, or it's more of like who can do better. Like, really, who can throw farther? Who can yeah. catch faster? You know, I mean, by having that, you can't get rid of the Pro Bowl because it it impacts a lot of teams on their. Uh, free agency selections. Right, right. Yeah. So I understand you should have that, but maybe not at the level as it is now. Uh, I, I definitely like the idea the first two worst teams play for the first draft position. Yeah, I, I like think that would be in, a lot of people would tune uh, More people would tune into that than the Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, you, you, I would. Even if hey. you do a Pro Bowl week and then have that or have – yeah. Um, maybe the Pro Bowl, but only have it two quarters. You know, like a first. Thing. I don't. I, I don't know. Like, about I don't that. know. You got to play the full four quarters for Pro Bowl, or you you, you mix it up with something. I I, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I, I like that idea. So on that note, let's get to our lock and our upset. Um, last week, Dawes went over two, picking the Rams and the Raiders. Nobody went two and zero last week. Kyle Earhart, actually. Kyle Earhart did go 2-0. and He picked the Colts and the Dolphins. James, you and me went 1-1. One and one. Mm-hmm. I picked the Seahawks and the Browns. You picked the Vikes and the Pack. Dawes picked the Rams and the Raiders. So we already got Russo and Earhart's locks and upsets for this week. So... Kyle Russo, his lock is the Colts. Okay. They're playing against the Giants. I mean, it makes sense. It does. And then his upset is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Cowboys. And I like both of those picks a lot. I like the upset a lot. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think that those are two excellent picks for Kyle Russo this week. Kyle Earhart. James, you want to read Kyle's picks? Sure. His lock is Cincinnati. Over who are they over? They are playing. I'm sorry about this, guys. They are playing the 49ers, and his upsets are the Jets over the Packers, which I do see that could be in potential of happening. Mm-hmm. Um, both two very good locks and upsets. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, do we get Mike? Uh, Mike or Chris's? Uh, Dawes did not send us picks, but I'm okay. sure he'll he'll have some in mind. Um, James. So I'm going with my lock will be the Eagles over the Texans. Wow. And upset Bills over Patriots. Wow. Wow. I could be going 2-0 and or 0-2. James. Man, you might need some bonus points if you get both of those <laughs> right. That sounds more like two upsets to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So, my lock. 
Rams are going to get back on track against the Cardinals. They're going to beat them. And then my upset, I've thought about it. And in the NFL, every week, there's always a team that goes on the road and they're not supposed to win a game that they shouldn't. But call me crazy. Ravens over the Chargers. That's a good one, actually. I was looking at that. That's a good lock. That's a good upset. I really think the Ravens have a shot to win this weekend. I really do. That's a very good upset. Um, yes, the Chargers are home. But Baltimore has, in my opinion, this year, the second-best defense in the NFL behind the Chicago Bears. Yeah. I, I, I have to agree with that. Yeah. Chicago Bears is definitely very good. On that note, we are going to step aside for our final break of the evening. When we come back, we are going to talk some NBA basketball and college hoops. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. Review and Preview. Well, good evening. And welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside James Montefusco. What's up, what's up? So, we have about 15 minutes to go in the show, and before we get to our basketball talk, let's talk about this week's, well, about all the staff members of Review and Preview were in this year. We did a fantasy football league. It was me, James, Kyle Russo, Chris, and Mike Dawes on ESPN. And the championship final is myself and Mike. I defeated Chris by three points, thanks to Christian McCaffrey. The final this week, I got Pat Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, George Kittle, Tevin Coleman, Tariq Cohen, Chiefs defense, Harrison Bucker. Um, they'll be going up against Mike Dawes. He's got Jameis Winston, David Johnson. Eli McGuire, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Eric Ebron, Brandon Cooks, Damian Williams from the Chiefs, Dolphins D, and Kai Fairbairn. That's the Fantasy Football Final on ESPN. Sounds like a very good matchup to watch. Yeah, I'm predicted to win by 12, but oh. um, I almost lost to Chris last week. I'm lucky to be where I am right now. I was, I am currently 13-1 and on the season, and what's crazy is that if I started Pat Mahomes week one over Matthew Stafford, I would be undefeated. Wow. Which is insane. That's pretty good. I know nice you're team. in the fantasy football final in our other league on Yahoo. Yes, I am. You are currently, I want to say, you were the two seed in the play. No, you were the three seed. I in was the, the three seed because and I you was. are currently 10 and five on the season. Correct. And you are going up against Connor Lambert in the yep. final. That is He's also a member of WCWP. He's been on the show once or twice. So, James. Yep. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely. Uh, definitely going to need it, especially the big match. Big match. On that note, um, let's get to some basketball news. Before we go any further, tonight's show was dedicated to Notre Dame men's basketball senior guard Rex Fluger. The show was dedicated to Rex Fluger, our ugly Christmas sweater show. Um, Rex Fluger tore his ACL, and he is out for the season. He tore it against Purdue on Saturday, had a couple of collisions, but the third one was too much to withstand. 
And this show is dedicated to Rex. Thank you, Rex. Yeah, thank no you. pun intended to the song, folks. Shout out Paul Lombardi joining us on Facebook. You're not late to the game at all. We're about to talk some NBA college hoops. Remember, our phone lines are open for the next five minutes. You want to call in 516-299-2030. That goes to all our listeners and watchers. So Villanova loses loses again to Kansas. I mean, that was kind of expected. And tomorrow, a very interesting game. We want to talk about the St. John's Red Storm. They will play against Sacred Heart University. And that game will be played at St. John's, I'm pretty sure. And St. John's has been phenomenal this season in the Big East. Um, James, Kyle Earhart is a big fan he of St. John's. He is a big and fan. And they're still undefeated. No? They still are. Uh, he is a big fan of them. He likes them a lot. And uh, Men's uh, team we're talking about. Yes, that. yes, men's, <laughs> men's team. Sorry uh, to make not make that clear. Um, but, yeah, he, he enjoys it. A lot. He enjoys them a lot. He he. Really hopes they go far. Um, it would be great to see him see St. John's in one of the big tournaments in March <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, the big dance. Yep. Um, so the, he he loves them uh, a lot. And uh, Carnesecca Arena, man, that's where yeah. it's at. That is where it's at. And you know, there's, there's not many St. John's players in the NBA. I mean, you think of Ron Artest immediately. You know, Lavin with his success there for quite some time. But this team. You know, you're looking at the roster and the stats. You know, they have, they have, I guess you would say a young team. There's a lot of freshmen and sophomores on this team. I mean, besides Marvin Clark Jr., who's a senior, um, a redshirt senior, I should say. But, um, you know, Eli Wright out of Kentucky, he's a young guy. Justin Cole. Justin Simon, Greg Williams Jr., and Josh Roberts. This is a very young St. John's Red Storm team. And they're going up against Sacred Heart tomorrow. I don't know what the line is, but I'm pretty sure they're favored by about 20 points. Uh, Sacred Heart, I believe, is just 4-6 and six on the season. Paul, if I'm wrong, you can correct me on that. Um, but, yeah, no, this is going to be a good game because St. John's really gets to prove themselves coming up in Big East play, and it starts tomorrow against Sacred Heart because then they're at Seton Hall at home against Marquette, and then this is where it gets big. They're at Georgetown, and they're at Villanova, and that's when they really get to prove themselves on on the road and see if they're a legitimate contending team. And then they go on with Creighton, Butler. they got to play Duke in February, which, you know, good luck there at Cameron Indoor Stadium. But St. John's has been great this season, and I, I really think they're in line to make a potential run this season. This is on Fox Sports 1 at 8 p.m. St. John's, James is favored to win 95% wow. of people so 13 St. No. John's to win this game. That would be good. Honestly, yeah. uh, that would be good for the school and uh, for everybody it would be else. Good for the school. You know, yeah. maybe a little uh, a little uh, quiet coming into some uh, yeah. big plays. You know, I you almost know? went to St. John's. Really? Yeah. And if you did, they I would offered wouldn't... me a scholarship to go there. I, I didn't take him up on it. For broadcasting? I, yeah, I oh, wanted to come here. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for college basketball, but with the, actually, no, I'm sorry, that's not it, because we got to talk about the rankings a little bit, and who's ranked and who's not, because right now you're looking at these rankings, and Duke just got by number 12, Texas Tech last night, 2-12, and 12. you look at the line right now, Kansas is still undefeated, Virginia and Nevada are still undefeated, and then Buffalo at number 14, this is the other team I wanted to talk about tonight, the Buffalo Bulls. 
Now, I'm pretty sure they had an upset in the NCAA tournament last season against a big-name school. And the impact Buffalo has had, they beat Syracuse. They're leading number 20 Marquette right now. Oh, my. I mean, on the road, too. And they got to play Canisius, Eastern Michigan, Toledo, Miami, Ohio. I mean, they don't have many big games coming up, which Buffalo may be the only guaranteed NCAA tournament bid right now in the entire country because of their poor strength of schedule. They beat West Virginia. Excuse me. They beat West Virginia. They beat Dartmouth. St. Bonaventure, Syracuse, Syracuse and Marquette are probably their two toughest games. They beat Syracuse by double digits, pretty convincingly. And now Mar- Marquette, the school that Dwayne Wade went to, Steve Novak, Jimmy Butler. There's a lot of NBA prospects that come out of Marquette and Buffalo. They shoot the ball well, they rebound, they play defense, and that's why they're still undefeated, if you ask me. So, I, look, I just wanted to bring that up. And the Tennessee Volunteers uh, at number three in the nation, that's just mind-boggling right now. In my last block on this segment, you want to talk about guys? DiVincenzo should still be at Villanova. Yeah. I, I, but I do understand why he wanted to come out because – he would probably Dante DiVincenzo from the Villanova Wildcats, folks. He probably would have gotten overshadowed by guys in the draft this season. When you're a kid like that and you want to make the NBA, as much as it pains me to say, you got to think about yourself and your future and your career more than your school and your team. Yes, which sucks because a lot of guys in the past have done it. Like Pat Connaughton stayed four years, Jerry and Grant. You know, guys have stayed to the point where they last four to five years college basketball if you're redshirted. But it's just one of those things where. I guess he did the right thing, and he's a role player now for the Milwaukee Bucks. He probably look, he he may have also looked at what was coming up yeah. for this season, and uh, especially with with Duke with their big three um, Duke, on yeah. their team, he was like, I don't know about this. I might as well declare now and try to get in before. Unfortunately, he may have not been able to get in. Fun fact for all of you guys here, listeners and watchers: you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo has gained fifty-one pounds of muscle since entering the league. Wow, no, I did not. That, that's I, look as much as you know. All credit is due to what Kawhi Leonard has done in Toronto. Giannis is the best player in the East. Most athletic, scores inside. Most of his points are inside. Yes, folks, but the way he carries that team with Chris Middleton, Malcolm Brogdon, Eric Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez, Pat Connaughton, Divincenzo, Tony Snell, Fawn Maker. They just got George Hill from Cleveland. This is a good team. Oh yeah, no, no, without a They're doubt. They're second in the East right now. As of last night, they were twenty-one and nine. I really like what they're doing this year, and they're just behind the Toronto Raptors in that Eastern Conference. And they're probably going to smash up on the Knicks on Christmas Day. On excuse me, Christmas. Christmas? Christmas? Christmas Day. As I'm wearing my Santa hat and my ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> Crazy, right? But one team that surprised me is the Celtics. I mean, they're playing better now. You know, they're close to 20 wins, yes. Okay. But, you know, a big piece of their rotation is going to be out for four to six weeks now. Aaron Baines is going to get hand surgery. What, did he break his hand or something? He is a very underrated player. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure what happened with Baines, but I know he's been battling a couple of injuries as of late. I didn't see what happened to him. But mm-hmm. you're sitting there at 18 and 12, Boston. You've won eight out of your last ten, which is great. But... You know, when you lose a guy like Baines and his hands, Baines is one of the best offensive rebounders in the game, especially off the bench, and he starts a lot for Boston as well. So, I mean, you know, this might hurt them. Because you look at the East right now, it's five teams and it's everyone else. Toronto, 
Milwaukee, Indiana, Philly, Boston. That wasn't in record order, just so you know. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the Knicks, 9-24. and 24. They won a game? Like, I thought they're they were... on a three-game losing streak right now. They, they got oh. smashed up this week. They lost to the Sixers. Um, you know, rough. Um, Port, Porzingis apparently is going to get reevaluated in February. I don't know how Courtney Lee is still on the team over Ron Baker. <laughs> Lonzo Tree has been playing great. Luke Cornett's getting more minutes. I mean, this is all great stuff, but Moutier has been my favorite player to watch on the team so far this season. Him, Knox, and Tim Hardaway, those three young guns. I mean, Hardaway's older, but... And Trier, Vonley off the bench, LT. I, I can never say LT without saying Lawrence Taylor, but Lance Thomas is back off the bench. Quality bench guy that you would like to have. Um, but the real story here is the Brooklyn Nets. Seven-game winning streak, best in the league. And this is right after locking up Spencer Din- Dinwiddie. They've, they've been on a pretty good high streak they have. Um, in Brooklyn. And uh, considering what... Because I think didn't Chris earlier pick them as his team to root for? Uh, well, he is a Brooklyn Nets fan. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. after free yeah. agency this offseason. Um, they beat the Bulls last night, 96-93. It's their longest winning streak since 2013. Wow. That, I mean, the Bulls are not a good team. You beat them by three points. But yeah. Couric, that Eastern European guy they got starting, Dinwiddie, 27 off the bench. I mean, they have veterans off the bench, Damari Carroll. Jared Dudley, Ed Davis from Portland, Shabazz Napier, Jared Allen emerging, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Joe Harris, a staple shooter in the starting lineup. I mean, you still got to talk about Kenneth Farid and the star of this team, supposedly, D'Angelo Russell. Hmm. They're the team in New York right now. As much as I love to say it, I, I am a Knicks fan. The Brooklyn Nets are the better New York basketball team, and they might make the playoffs this year. Yeah. It's crazy to I'm, think I'm, about. I'm not, I'm not crazy to say that, am I? Guys, if I'm crazy on Facebook, let me know. But I think Brooklyn's better. Flat out. You can even call it. <laughs> not, well, 857. Yeah. But, but um, you know, I, I, they they look promising anyway in, uh, during the off season. Mm-hmm. So if they continue to go the way they were, it may be better. Um, beneficial for them, but who knows. The last thing I want to talk about tonight before we log off here in just a little under two minutes, the Houston Rockets made 26 three-pointers the other night. That breaks an NBA record. Now, when you look at the West, Denver is on top. Nikola Jokic is apparently Charles Barkley's MVP this far in the season. And then you got Golden State and OKC right behind them. Good luck ever getting a title, Russ. No shade at all. And you got Portland, who's getting back to their winning ways. The Spurs are jumping up in the standings. And Houston now is a game over 500. At 16 and 15. Hmm. I mean, you want to talk about guys. P.J. Tucker, C.P., Brandon Knight, Harden, Gerald Green, Eric Gordon. These guys shoot. They're shooters. They score with Capella inside. Harden isolation, and they shoot. That's all you need in basketball. Star, big man, shoot. shoot. Brooklyn has a lot of momentum. Um, on that note, James, any final thoughts before we log off? Um, the, the, the NFL could be a big spoiler this weekend. Yeah. Um, college is going to be very interesting to watch over the next week, along with the NBA. Uh, their Christmas games should be very good to watch. Christmas games uh, this upcoming week for the NBA. you got the Knicks and the Bucks. Okay. Um, 
and then other Christmas games. Actually, let's look it up quick. We can go over a few seconds. I don't know offhand, but I know usually the Christmas games. Yeah, the Christmas games good. they usually have. I think as of late they've had five. So at noon it's the Bucks and the Knicks. Ooh, I just lost the page. Darn it. On Christmas at noon it's the Bucks and the Knicks, and then you have the Thunder at the Rockets, followed by the Sixers and the Celtics on ABC, and then. At eight o'clock, you got the Lakers and the Warriors. Oh, that that should be the very good. Yeah. Game. So according to the schedule, there's four games on Christmas. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. There's five. Bye. Portland and Utah, ten thirty. Oh. Uh, it was not included in my drop down screen. It's all good. Five really good games. Portland and Utah, two dark horse teams out in the West. Utah's got to pick it up though. On that note, on behalf of James Montefusco, we'd like to wish you all a good evening, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. And join us again next Friday night. We'll have some more college football talk, make our official picks for the college football playoff matchups, talk more about the Giants and the Jets, the updated playoff picture, more college basketball and NBA news, and we'll have a New Year's edition of Review and Preview. Thank you all for joining us in our ugly Christmas sweater edition of Review and Preview. On behalf of James Montefusco, one final time, I'm Tom Scavetta wishing you a good evening. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org. Good night, everyone. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. Happy.